0: The cranky ape himself, the mabford
1: <laughs> No, we aren't talking about Top Gun. Ended up finding the snowmobile in the middle of a farm field because we talked to the ex-wife and the kid, his kid in some house. She's yelling at us, and all of a the kid walks down the stairs, and I looked at him and I said, hey, where's your dad's snowmobile? Oh, it's at the Johnson Farm. Knock on the door. This probably 300-pound guy is in boxer shorts and a white beater <laughs> with a shotgun. The kid next to me is, I mean, he's He dropping, pissed his pants He's dropping a load In his shorts yeah, and, yeah, and stuff yeah, And so The his- I mean, we sit in the truck What does the kid say to me I quit <laughs> it's like I'm done.
0: Do you think a hundred unarmed humans could take on a fully grown silverback gorilla?
1: Now you're getting then, into like the mental part of it. So, so all of a sudden you there. see two of them go but down, and then you're like, I'm yeah. Out of here. yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're motivated right. by money, yeah, exactly. The silverback's motivated by survival. Yeah, I think he's that silverback, silverback. sits, sits yeah, he's, he's got one up because that's he's true. fighting for his life. Then he typed in cranky eight, and it pulled up. And I turned to him and I said, cranky ape. I said, a badass looking ape on a on a Harley with ape hangers and a tattoo.
0: So we know you have a big family from a basketball star to a famous uh, gamer on TikTok.
1: Oh, jeez. Right? Yeah. Raising boys, I think, is a lot easier than raising girls.
0: Who's your favorite? Right, of course. <laughs> well, we'll send this to all of them. All right, all right. Welcome, guys. We have a great episode today. Weekly deposit episode number 22 with the cranky ape himself. The Mabford. <laughs> no, we aren't talking about Top Gun. Uh, a graduate of Mankato State University here in Minnesota. Uh, a fierce entrepreneur. A mentor to many. An incredible youth hockey coach. Uh, a father of six talented kids. A uh, hardworking husband. Um, uh, please welcome to the pod... Jay Adams from Cranky Ape. Welcome to the Welcome. show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, we're super excited to sit down and talk with you. You know, we've, uh, Alec, our our videographer, has told us so much about you, and we're like, yeah, man, let's get him on the pod. Let's. It better be good. <laughs> so, yeah, we're under pressure already. All right, good. No, let's, we always like to kind of start with some softball questions, some a little to get the viewers to know you sure. and everything like that. So we want to start off with this interesting question here. Do you think a hundred unarmed humans could take on a fully grown silverback gorilla?
1: One hundred unarmed humans. Um,
0: Against a silverback. A silverback gorilla. A fully oh, man. grown. You know how strong
1: they uh, are. I do. Uh, I, I'm going I, I to hear say, your I'm answer. Gonna, I'm going to say no. I think they have just super, superhuman strength and even.
0: Like a hundred, like yeah. legit.
1: Like what size? Like your size? Maybe. No, no, no. But, yeah. No.
0: A hundred legit big guys. Like bouncers at the club guys.
1: Now are, they, are is it just a submission or is it like <laughs> totally taking the the silverback out
0: taking him out Wait what do you mean taking them, like killing him yeah, yeah yeah like killing him. No like, no like, no no not killing like uh knock out so, Yeah so
1: All right then I'll take the 100 I'll take the 100 uh guy's his size I think they could do it
0: Well but how what, are you going to punch the gorillas like, something? As in like how his are you gonna size heights are like him big cuz I'm talking like you got to be bigger cuz uh, I'm no offense bro <laughs> silverback would just a hundred yeah, of me though Yeah but a
1: hundred of him hundred Grabbing the arms I mean if, if, you, had the I button, hold, if you had I can hold If you had guys leg. Holding one arm And ten on the other I mean Yeah
0: I can hold his leg For dear life I don't know A hundred yeah. of me could, I don't yeah. know Listen We're talking a silverback Like it And once And once that chain Breaks That one where One of you see, like now,
1: now you're getting then, Into like the mental part Of it So all of a sudden You yeah, see two of them break Go break down And the then you're like
0: yeah, am out of And then it's Then it's rampaged Yeah no, yeah. I
1: don't see. I don't. I it don't depends think. what attitude the the one hundred uh, we got to be pissed off. Come in. I mean, I mean, I mean if they're coming say, in. They're gonna be fierce. Let's yeah. say, and let's
0: say the hundred people can get like a huge cash reward, right? Like some so game type thing. So yeah, so they're, so motivated. they're super yeah. motivated. Oh, I'll, I'll yeah. take, I'll take fifty. Super motivated. I'll take fifty, <laughs> like like life changing money. Like, like, very. I mean, I, I don't know what your spending habits are, so I can't. <laughs> okay, say life okay. Change. I um, saw his wallet earlier. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right. Because a life changing could be very different for a lot of people. Right. Okay, well, some let's, people let's win just say millions. A million, do- a million dollars each. I mean, yeah, that's I guess, yeah, but people can super go broke off that million. But yeah, sure, let's say a million. Yeah, just years. to say that. Let's just, just say motivated, whatever, whatever the cash amount is.
2: Man, the strength of the, the silverback. <laughs> the gorilla is the going motivation. To win. We have to talk about that. See,
1: but now the motivation—you're you're you're right. motivated by money, exactly. Yes. <laughs> the silverback's motivated by survival. Yes. Yeah. So I'm thinking with the the strength of the the silverback, like what I yeah. originally said.
0: Yeah, it's, I think he's it's that silver silverback.
1: sits it's, it's, yeah, he's, he's got one up because that's he's true. fighting for his life. That's you're fighting true. just to get cash, so you can. I mean, when your that lifestyle. silverback
0: hits you, then you're fighting for your life too. Hit you?
1: I'd be more freedom throwing you and slamming.
2: I mean, oh yeah, man, that's true. That's true.
0: Yeah, that's I'm true. telling. You, once that chain breaks, because he doesn't, you know, he's just one. So like once, like let's say you're all holding him, you know, Thanos style, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And it's just the second he throws one of you off, it's 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 done. It's done. All okay. Right. Now that we got that, great question. to break the ice. So now, like
1: now that, that we
0: got that out of the way, okay. So uh, Jay, tell us what you know. Growing up, um, what did you want to do, and what were your kind of dreams and aspirations? Was it something to be like an entrepreneur, is there something else that you had in mind?
1: Um, okay, so when, when we go way back. Um, hmm. You know, my, my upbringing was middle class. My uh, my dad worked for 3M for 35 years. Okay. Uh, he's in middle management. We uh, I grew up in Woodbury, uh, mm-hmm. so not real, you know, downtown struggle or anything. It was a middle class upbringing. It was very nice. Um, originally, what I wanted until I hit college was I wanted to play pro hockey, man. You I did. loved hockey. It's yeah. spent my life for, you know, 50 years. Um, found out real quick in college that there was no chance in hell that was going to happen, which was fine. I played yeah. a few years of hockey, but... Um, I think, uh, my story is, and, and I actually speak at Mankato on this. Um, I, I went to Mankato strictly to play hockey. So I got recruited out of Woodbury. It was division three at the time. It wasn't division one. Um, I went down there with a specific goal just to extend my, my hockey career. Um, I, I went down there, uh, for business. So I graduated with a, a bachelor of science with, a. a um, concentrations in marketing, real estate, insurance, yeah. and a minor international business. Um, the reason I went into business, and, and I'm sure there's many people that are in the same boat when I speak to the students down in Mankato, I went into sales specifically because my dad told me I'd be good at it,
2: mm-hmm. okay. okay,
1: because I, I talk a lot. I mean, your, <laughs> your video guy here, he knows how much I talk. I have a story yeah. for everything, um, but it's, it's not really what I wanted. But I followed what my dad really wanted me to do. And, and it did set me back for a little bit. Now, do I do I you know hold it against him and stuff? No. But when I speak down there, what I say is, you know, go into something you want to go into, not yeah. something everybody else tells you to go into. Um, so that, that's how I got in. I didn't have any visions of being an entrepreneur. And, and frankly, uh, I, I struggle with that term, entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there's a... There's a connotation about it that, you know, you're this highfalutin, risk-taking guy yeah, and, yeah. and all this stuff. And you guys know, I mean, you yeah. start your own thing. <laughs> when in reality, the most successful business owners that I've come across, they've started something, not bought an existing one, and that's great that you can you can do that. Can but do. somebody you started, you know, in a basement, in a backyard, like, like me and my partner did, um, we didn't think of ourselves as these big, oh, yeah, we're an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be the next so-and-so. We basically just said uh, at at that point I had I'd worked in the in the uh, business world working for large companies I mean four million dollar four billion dollar I mean mm-hmm. uh, huge huge companies and as a number and so I did it for about ten years in sales I, I did very well because my dad was right I, I can connect with people and I can mm-hmm. I can fill needs and stuff like that and figure mm-hmm. it out but there was no the, there was not it did nothing for me the money yeah. was great I had this huge house I did you know all this stuff. But I'd get up every morning. My bosses were in Chicago, so I worked out of Minnesota. So, you know, yeah. my golf handicap got down to like a three. Okay? <laughs> but I was still putting up the numbers. I was yeah. winning trips, but I'd get up every morning and just be like, holy crap, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do it. There's, there's no reward for it, okay? Mm-hmm. You, you land a $4 million deal, and, you know, what happens in a big corporation? Your quota gets increased for the next year yeah. by four million dollars, and you're like, "Oh, gee, thanks." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I understand it from a It's a, a hamster side. in the wheel. Yeah, type. and I understand yeah. from a business standpoint, they want growth, and you know, they they report to you know shareholders and all that. I get that, but from a personal point, it, it it's very uh, uh, defeating when yes. you're getting up and you're like, "Oh, I don't want it. the products I was selling." I mean, I was in the barcode world, mm-hmm. uh, talk about printing and barcoding. Yeah. Nothing against printing, barcoding. People do great, and people love it, and they find that as their passion. It wasn't for me. Yeah. It wasn't okay. True. Just it was. Uh, you're selling paper and stuff, and to me, that's like it's not exciting. No, not at all. So, I get <laughs> it. Dunlery Mifflin. Funny enough, <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, I used to sell big boxes of paper and stuff, yeah. and then custom printed. I sold cash register receipt tape. Uh-huh. Now you, that's funny. But I, I worked for a company that was selling big multinational company. I mean, I I sold, I sold Petco and Target. I mean, you're talking millions of dollars worth of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Again, the number's great. The product sucks. It's like, Oh God, how boring is that? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, after, you know, like 10 years, uh, I, I was just like, I need to do something. I I can't do this anymore. And I had three young kids at the time, Mm -hmm. a mortgage, car payments and stuff. And, a lot of, and I don't know if you want to go down this road, but, um, in, in starting the business, and I don't know if you experienced that too, when I said I was going to try to figure out what I want to do, uh, there were a lot of naysayers and the, the people yeah. that were naysayers oh, of course, the you know, closest to yeah, were we'll the, were that, the people yeah. that you'd least expect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the family, close friends they are like, yeah. what are you doing? Why, why yeah. are you going to do that? You know? Yeah. And, 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 That, I think, is a big obstacle to people that want to start their own business. I I think it's just, it's one of those things that they're like, yeah, maybe they're right. Well, it, it, you know, reality sets in when the pain becomes so much. You know, my reality was I hated what I was doing. I didn't mind the sales, but sales wasn't for me. It just wasn't. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you. I didn't enjoy one aspect of it from cold calling to, you know, the negotiation. I was just like. It's a job. Yeah. Now Sorry. I do it every day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> sales is everything
0: different. though. Like it is. You you me telling my kid to go to sleep at a certain time is sales. That's all it is. Me trying to sell him right. <laughs> on going to right. sleep early. And
1: that's what that's it right. is. And yeah. then when you start your own business, you really realize that yeah, because yeah. now you have suppliers and you know, yeah, even maybe. I mean, every aspect of it is you're trying to, you know, you're trying sales. to get we have we have roughly, you know, seventy five employees and and the sales on them is, hey, we got a new healthcare program, yeah. and we have yeah. to sell it for, as and owners. we like, to is, retain them and keep yeah, them. And this up. is yeah. better for you, and, yeah. and all that stuff. So the sales thing that I didn't like, I didn't like that that whole process of it in, yeah. in the big business. Now I do it. I mean, my partner and I go into major. I mean, some of the biggest banks in the country, mm-hmm. and we're selling our services. Yeah, and to me, it's not sales. That's yeah. fine. no, no. I mean, you because, have a passion for it, exactly. And yep. it's the company, and you know, yeah. this is. We, this is like another child. You say, I have six kids. It's, there's a seventh one there yeah, and a couple a seventh, more. Yeah. And so, so really when, when you know, I was looking to do something, uh, if you want to go down this road, um, I, I, I was working for another company. And I was flying. I had 29 states that I covered for sales. And so I'd, I'd fly a lot. I mean, I was going all over. And on those flights, I would actually read a, a, a book, you know, <laughs> not a not on my phone because we didn't have those back in yeah. the late 90s. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was reading just a lot. I was trying to accumulate as much information into, you know, starting a company and all this. And I, I lucked out in that one of my my top client, a uh, customer uh, for the company that I was working for, I pulled him aside and I, you know, this guy was selling four or $5 million a year product for me of these barcode printers. And, uh, I just, I, I trusted him and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to do something on my own. And he's actually a a really close friend of mine and a mentor. And he, he just, he said, here's the book you got to read. And it's, it it was called beyond entrepreneurship by James Collins. I don't know if you're familiar with James Collins. Mm -hmm. Um, I've read the book probably 30 times front to back, but it, 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 James Collins, he was a Stanford professor. I, I, he left stanford now what what he would do is he would he would base his writings just on facts okay mm-hmm. him and his students they would they'd would research what makes a great company there's a book out there called good to great by him yeah. it it wasn't this how to do it it's yeah. hey what how did 3m succeed when the other uh, sandpaper company failed <laughs> similar sizes similar time frame similar market yeah. and it really analyzed what the pitfalls were uh, but this beyond entrepreneurship laid out for me when i was on these flights I started writing uh, not a business plan. I've never written a formal business plan for, for the cranky ape. That's the main company and I have other companies, but, um, but I wrote a vision plan. So I wrote this thing down and, and basically what the vision plan was, was what is my company going to look like? Okay. What are the values and beliefs, which are more, the most important to me and Mm -hmm. my partner, what, what is that structure going to look like now? I did that over the course of maybe two, two and a half years. So I'm writing all this, you know, doing all this stuff, yeah. but I didn't have a product or service. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that I think is another,
2: like. like Speaking into an existence. Yeah. In a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. It, It's going to come
0: together. Eventually. Well, yeah. you hope. Yeah. But
1: I think that oftentimes people who do want to go start something and go mm-hmm. do something, they get stuck on that because they think they got to reinvent the wheel. Yes. You know, they think they have to, oh, I have to do this, and it's going to be, you know, I'm going to be the next Bezos or whatever, and it's got to be something, something, you know, that's earth-shattering. Yeah. And, and so I started investigating things just on my own. I was like, okay, what can I do? You know, I'm a sales yeah. guy. Well, I, into I want to get in the sales. You know, I, I was in printing. Am I going to start a printing company? Mm. You know, well, why would I want to do that? No. That's what I didn't like. So then what are, you tend to think, okay, what are my passions? Okay, sports. You already brought it up. Yeah. I coached hockey for thirty-two years now. Um, you know, you try to find the the passion you have. Well, golf. I love golf. Okay. Yeah. The problem with that is, can you monetize it <laughs> to provide for your family? Yeah. No, I'm not going to yeah. make the tour. I'm not. No, that I was going to say. I yeah. don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah. So you may have that. No. No. There are offshoots of that. Like, yeah. uh, and and Alec, uh, your video video guy. Uh, he also knows Michael Jordan, who who started Unreal. I, I'm very good friends with Michael Jordan. Uh he's, Great in, brand, by the he's way. in the golf world. Yes. So so there are other things, but at the time I think what a lot of people do is they get they get stuck on, oh, I gotta do this. Well, I looked at everything from, you know, promotional products to real estate because I have I have a degree and at yeah. one point I had my license, but it it just wasn't for me. I mean, yeah. it, it takes a distinct personality to, you know, do what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, Appreciate that. And, and yeah, it does. It really does. And and so what ended up happening was um, kicking around all these ideas. I'm, I'm still, you know, getting up every day, making great money. And uh, I got season tickets to the first season of the Minnesota Wild. And uh, a high school, actually, a childhood friend, my partner was four and I was five when we met. Our dads were our first hockey coaches and stuff. He played at Augsburg, I was at Mankato. He's a year yeah. younger than me. Um, I took him to one of the very first wild games. Mm. And my partner's background is. Uh, he, law enforcement. He was a cop for uh, about four years for Washington County. Um, oh. It took a toll on him and his family. He was working nights, and he's like, you know, I can't do this anymore. Um, but his his real background was his dad uh, owned a uh, independent claims adjusting firm in Oakdale. Okay, mm-hmm. so large insurance companies would would contract with him. Mm-hmm. Say you wreck your boat, they'd call him. They would go settle the claim. So my partner would go out. And he would make all these adjustments and oh, settle with the guy and stuff. Okay. Then they would call a company to pick up the salvage, okay, the wreck boat. Mm-hmm. They would then take that wreck boat and they would go to a dealer-only auto auto salvage auction. Okay, so this is 2000. Mm-hmm. What my partner did, since I've known him since he was like 10 or 11, he used his dad's connections with dealers. And he would go with them on a Wednesday, okay? So on any given Wednesday some of these large dealer-only salvage auctions would run 3,000 rec cars, trucks, vans, and stuff. Jeez. At the very end, at the very end, they would do a specialty auction. So what they would roll through there would be ATVs, motorcycles, anything that wasn't a car, truck, or van, the boat that he had just done. Yeah. Well, my partner, and I give him all, all the credit in the world for the idea for what we're doing for Business. the service. Yeah. So we kind of melded. I had this. I'm like, dude, we should do this. And he's like, hey, I got this idea. Mm-hmm. So what, what he would do... Is he would go to the auction with a dealer friend. He would buy a wreck, say, ATV. Mm-hmm. Okay. He would buy it for 800 bucks. Things hammered. Yeah. He would bring it home. He would tear it down, put 800 bucks worth of parts into it in his labor, and then he'd sell it to guys like me, his buddies, yeah. for 3,000. Okay. And he did that since he was like 10. Okay? Jeez. Okay. Wow. So he's,
2: he has a good business model there. <laughs> so,
1: so and, and his was yeah. we're sitting at this wild game. And he goes. He goes. Jay he goes. I know you want to start your own company. And at the time, eBay was a true auction. I don't consider it a true auction anymore, yeah. because most of it is, they have a they have it on there, and they set a reserve that's so high that they want to negotiate at the end to get their yeah. ultimate dollar. But at the time, it really was. It closed at at say noon, mm-hmm. and whoever was the high bidder at the end won that thing. So mm-hmm. people came up with all these programs that could get the last bid in and all this stuff. Yeah. Well the liquidation model for the the wreck stuff was in-person auctions okay only you had yep. to be there there was no, no there, there was no online no auction yep. there was yeah. nothing out there for it so we're sitting up there having a beer and he looks at me and he says hey i got this idea mm-hmm. he goes uh, he goes why don't we start our own salvage auction mm-hmm. go out and contract with banks and insurance companies or not banks just insurance companies get their salvage and we'll sell it online to the general public to guys like us. Cause I'm a, I'm a hack wrencher. Like my yep. one, yeah. of my, one of my sons is like amazing at wrenching. My partner's like rain man when it comes to fixing stuff like mm-hmm. on cars and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I was sitting up there and, and he goes, we'll just go get their Rex snowmobiles and ATVs. And I thought that'd be pretty cool. I could wake up every morning and I'm dealing with stuff. I like ATV yeah. snowmobiles. So left there, uh, left the game, went home the next day and just started working on it and started calling insurance companies. I would call the auction. I'd like call one of the local auctions and I'd say, Hey, I'm Jason from progressive insurance. <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah. I said, uh, I'd be like, Hey, I got a, uh, I got an ATV. I got to run through your auction. What's it going to cost me? And, like, like you learn in business, when you hit certain levels within companies, they'll vomit information. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I started just accumulating all this information on rates and all this stuff. Yeah. And, get and all, all the inside yeah, details. Yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah. it, it seemed really easy. I mean, people yeah. were just like, "Yeah, this, this," and, and so uh, it took about about eight months for us to get everything set up. We had a very, very like simple website. Mm-hmm. You guys will laugh at this. Um, Basically, we, we did it on a, a product called Microsoft Front Page. Okay? this If you research this, you're going to go, holy cow, how can you do this? But we landed our first account. So, so we organized we organized and got our, our LLC documents and everything a week before 9-11 in our, our LLC. Yep. This is pertinent because I was making calls to all the major insurance companies prior to that. Okay? Yeah. Sales. It okay? didn't seem like sales, but I'm... I'm but you're still uh, making calls and am hammering. I'm hammering, I'm hammering yep. the phones. Yep. Um. After we get our official LLC document and all the, the legal stuff, the Twin Towers go down and all this, and I'm calling specifically Progressive Insurance to try to get their business. Mm-hmm. Their response is, do you know how many thousands of automobiles we just lost in New York City alone? We're not looking for anyone, especially I'm sitting there going, yeah, somebody's working out of their basement and your partner's backyard. You right. know, for Progressive, they're huge. You look yeah. at motorcycles and stuff. So we had a little setback right out of the gate. Yeah. Okay. Um, we landed our first – our first, our first uh, Client, which we still have, um, a small little mutual insurance company up in northern Minnesota. Uh, they assigned a uh, they signed us a like a snowmobile and a wrecked ATV, and so yeah. we, we put it on our website. And at the at the time, our website was called Total Fun. Okay. okay. Um, the way front page worked is the auction process wasn't wasn't automated, so it was fax based. Oh, you remember facts, you guys yeah. are you guys are way younger than no, me, but it rolls of thermal paper I do would be coming out. Facts, yeah. So yeah. if you can That's imagine, like right now, you know we sell about uh, you know between one and one point five million every Wednesday on auction, and so early on we didn't have much we didn't have much volume, but at the same time if we had three units online, uh, the facts would go off and it'd be a screen name, and I would have to go to one computer and update it. And now they're the high bidder, yeah. And then another one come in, and I'd run back, <laughs> and after about. Three weeks, I uh, my partner. And I said I, we got to we got to pay to have somebody do this, and yeah. we actually had a uh, uh, his brother in law, and his brother in law's twin brother actually developed the first website for for us. for okay. total fun. Total that fun. was automated. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is great. <laughs> the coolest thing <laughs> you know, yeah. ever. Yeah, 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 what a great thing. But we still we still faced a lot of setbacks, and I think uh, we were talking earlier about you know I, I was speaking of you know there's a lot of uh, hesitancy to start companies because of setbacks. Yeah. And I think what what separates what I feel are, are successful, not based on income, but just on, on, you know, having a f- good time in your job, liking mm-hmm. what you do and all that is perseverance. You see these setbacks and there's no, there's no question in your mind that you're not going to come out of it. I don't care right. what it is. Yeah. And you guys experience it. I, yes. I would assume we still do after 22 years, there's things that happen that you just go, holy cow, how's this, oh, this is really, this this is this really good, bad. Yeah, yeah. And if, if you have the right mindset, it's like, okay, you get up the next day. Let's just go. Let's yeah. just figure this out. And you just keep going. Yeah, you, you worry and you have anxiety and all that, but you're not frozen by it.
2: No. And so yeah. no. You find a
1: solution to it. You do. You do. And somehow you figure it out if yeah. you want it to work out. But yeah, there's right. a lot of people that, that will hit that that I've consulted with and that I, I've tried to provide guidance to that they just give up.
2: They hit that wall and they give up. They do. Yeah. They
1: think it's it's the yeah. end. Uh, and sometimes yeah. that is the case. I mean, if it's a financial thing that you can't dig yourself out of,
0: yeah. that. Okay, Jay, tell us us a little bit about your company, Cranky Ape, but we want kind of like the the Uber elevator pitch, right? Like if someone were watching this in a clip, in a short reel, right, they hear the name Cranky Ape, it's like, okay, well, what is that? That sounds like a very interesting name. I remember when Alec first told me, I was like... That could be like some streetwear brand or something. <laughs> like it sounds like very interesting yeah. name.
1: So so let me let me take a step back. To yeah, what sure. I was just talking about about that uh, salvage auction. Yeah, and how and how we progress because I'll get into where the name came from. Okay, and all that because our original okay. website was totaled fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You total your snowmobile. That's fun. You total your your uh, ATV. You know that's. Oh, fun. okay. I get okay? so yeah. it's totaled yeah. fun. So we played off that. Um. So we got into in into. Uh, Got our first account, all that good stuff. Struggled that first year. Um, we basically sold, uh, I think we had $134,000 in gross sales, so top-line sales through auction. That consisted of probably 90% of my own items I own, my partner's items, his family's items. Yeah. It, it wasn't client-based. Okay, mm-hmm. So we had a couple small insurance companies, but we had to have something on the website to sell and it's like, oh, there's a snowmobile, well, I don't use it, uh, let's just sell it. Um, after about a year, probably a year and a half, uh, a major bank uh, contacted us. And um, it was it was an interesting thing because we got into the salvage, into the insurance world, and all of a sudden we have a bank calling, and, and through talking with the person, um, the guy's, the, I'd say his name, but I, I won't, it was, Name I'll never forget. It sounded like a stage name, um, but he said, "Have you ever thought about selling repos?" And, okay, and we're like, "No," but you guys know you you look at opportunities, yeah, especially you're really when you're a year into a company that you know it's you're, profitable. You're, yeah. you're you're looking to you know have generate you know right. cash flow and stuff, and so we're like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." And well, long story short, what it ended up being was the liquidation model for repossessed sell, or specialty or especially vehicles is identical to. The insurance world mm-hmm. so there's all these big large auto auctions out there mm-hmm. and the banks would send all their volume to them and on any wednesday all these auto dealers would come in and they would stand there in a line and you got you know the auctioneer you know with his fast mouth blah blah blah, blah yeah, yeah. and they're going, going yep on. i'll buy it i'll buy it i'll buy it and then at the end they would run specialty now this stuff's not wrecked okay yeah. so there's rvs going through there there's you know really nice boats that were all repossessed so mm-hmm. My partner and I are like, yeah, why not? Why so not? Yeah. we get into negotiations. It's a top five bank. So here we're two small guys at this totaled fund. <laughs> uh, my, my corporate name is Midwest Recreational Clearinghouse LLC. So it's MRC. So, um, so we end up going down to uh, their offices and through about an eight-month period, we sign all this paperwork. I had no idea what, you know, we didn't have a corporate lawyer at the time yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. So my partner and I were like, ah, let's just read. Yeah, why not? And, you know, you're signing. You do what you got to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, in the know. meetings, they're like, hey, how big of a boat could you, you guys handle? You know, we, we own like two trucks, which were personal <laughs> vehicles, and we got a drop gate trailer. We're like, oh, we can, we can move uh, boats up to 34 feet. Oh, great. Yeah, no, we couldn't. <laughs> we didn't have any of that, but we're like, yeah, we, yeah, we, we could, could do, it do that. Yeah, yeah we could do it.
0: Because we we'll figure figured it out. Yep. So, figure it out as you go. Like, exactly. Everything and so, you're saying, yeah. And so, so we yeah.
1: signed this deal, and we're like, oh, this is going to be great. Top five bank. I mean, it's it's you know thousands of, of, of units, repossessed units and all this. Yeah. And, and I'm sitting, we're still working out of my basement in my partner's backyard. We had a friend whose dad had a, uh, he bought a commercial building just for his own stuff. We used to stage it to bring potential clients in and so yeah no kidding we'd we'd move all his stuff out we bring all like friend stuff in and we i'd barcode it because i you know i came from that world and we'd have like coffee in there and stuff and we'd have an insurance company come through and they'd be like oh this is nice and then as soon as they left we'd have to get all the stuff back to our friends
0: you just figured out our whole setup yeah exactly we're gonna get all this out of here Exactly, exactly?
1: but uh but so so we signed this deal uh and i'll never forget it uh i was sitting in in, in the office in in my basement and the fax machine because it still was all you know paper based and, yeah and uh, the fax machine went off and there's about 35 pages that came through and I I'm looking at this and I'm I'm reading through it and it's got like you know addresses and all this stuff and it's uh, places of employment and credit stuff and all this and utility bills and yeah. I'm like what the hell is this and so I called up my contact there and I'll tell you first his name was Chris and. I said, "Hey, Chris, uh, Jay at MRC, because we were we weren't cranky ape at the time." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I said, "Hey, I just I just got your fax," and he goes, "Call me when you got it." And I said, "Huh?" He goes, "Just call me when you when you recover it." Yeah, and I said, "Okay," and I hung up and I called my partner and I said, "Brian, I think they want us to do the repo." And my partner goes, "Really?" And I said, "Yeah." I said. Is, is that what we signed? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. But, and I said, what do you want to do? And he goes, let's go get it. Yeah, we got to do it. Let's go get it. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, he picked me up and we, yeah. had a, we had a trailer and it was, a, I'll never forget, it was a venture, uh, venture two-up snowmobile. Mm-hmm. And so we, we left, like, this was at eight o'clock in the morning. We were out the door by like 8.30. We went down to southern Minnesota. We started driving around, all this stuff. It took us about three hours. We ended up finding the snowmobile in the middle of a farm field in this lean-to because we talked to the ex-wife and the kid, his kid in some house. She's yelling at us, and all of a sudden the kid walks down the stairs, and I looked at him and I said, hey, where's your dad's snowmobile? Oh, it's at the Johnson Farm. And we're like, thank you. And she's like, you shouldn't have told him that. Well, we found the Johnson Farm. We stopped at a we stopped at a gas station and said, do you know where the Johnson Farm and they, is? They, yeah, it's like told four, you. four yeah. miles down the road. We pulled in there, and my, my partner, as we're pulling in, he goes, there's two snowmobiles up on a trailer. So he just took a left through this field. We didn't even talk to people. He drove up to it. Looked at the VIN on the on the snowmobile. Yeah. It was it. And we yanked it on our trailer and we drove back.
2: <laughs> that and
0: was so your first repo? That was our first repo. <laughs> and, and so for about,
1: for about three or four years. It was an
0: adrenaline rush. It was right. awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. But yeah. my partner and it's I. It's like you're hunting. It was. It, it and, and
1: now uh, we have a repossession company as well uh, yeah. called Matrix Recovery Services. But because we found out we were really good at it. Because yeah. specialty is different than cars. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. You take somebody's boat in the middle of winter. They're like, okay, you take somebody's car. They're like how do we gonna get the kids to school and they tend yeah. to be you see all yeah. those TV shows that's where they really get it ours is is was real special so you know specialty stuff and you know there were some s- sketchy things but over a span probably of three four years my partner and I probably did 300 400 repos just the two of us Jeez. and we'd fly all across the country we we'd, we'd pop big oh this is nationwide yeah we'd pop oh. big the, the account was so big that I mean we'd fly into Vegas and grab a big RV and drive it back and yeah, it was, oh, you I you bet Vegas do, would be. You talk about phone. doing anything to yeah. get going. This was like we just rolled into. It. We had no idea. And we yeah. had to learn all the laws and stuff, and we were talking about some some of that beforehand. Uh, you know how it can affect your business. And yeah. Yeah. there are certain states we couldn't. That really all go in. comes
0: afterward. I think uh, what you've you've pinpointed here is take action, major action, right? Correct. Massive action, right? Yeah. And all the other stuff seems to just kind of you figure it out. Yeah, figure it well, out, and it yeah. comes into play. Yeah. You know, other people opportunities come into play. Uh, or whatever, or you get to learn yourself a little bit more. Hey, I'm actually really good at this repo Absolutely.
2: I have a question about the repo because I'm actually really interested in
0: this. So
2: you're going nationwide. Did you get into any, like, altercations where you had to have, like, a firearm or something like that? Because I've seen on, like, Facebook videos people running outside, like, hey, that's my car. So I mentioned that my my partner's an ex yeah, County yeah, he's like, okay, okay, okay.
1: okay. And so, uh, so he brought kind of the, the rational, let's not expose ourselves to danger. Okay. You know, let's, let's, basically, let's not get shot yeah. over, yeah, yeah, over yeah. an ATV. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm right there with you, man. I, I don't yeah. need this. So right. they're verbal, verbal stuff. People are mad. Um, my partner is, is extremely talented, and he probably still is because we don't do the repos anymore, at talking people off the ledge and getting them to turn stuff over. Being very rational about it and just saying, you know, we're we're not going to forcibly take this, but here's what's going to happen if it goes on. You're getting, you're getting. Uh,
0: there's a reason why I'm here, <laughs> and, and <Yeah>. you're getting <laughs> tagged
1: more and more every time we got to come out. There's stuff that's accumulating on your side. Th- so what ended up happening was, uh, so so we, we got the repo and all that. This is where Cranky Ape comes in. And yep. This is where I'll explain to you what Cranky Ape is. Okay. So so we took the units that we got when we we're repoing them. Now, they're not insurance. So the totaled fun doesn't apply because total vehicles have salvage titles. Yep. Okay? okay? So when you look at, you want to maximize your value on auction because that's what we are. We're an online auction. Now we have the repossessed things that are clean title, you know, and all this yeah. stuff. So on the fly, we had a rebrand. And so uh, at the, we got on, my partner and I, we used to share an office. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was sitting behind him, and we're, we're on a, a domain search. We're typing in, you know, uh, uh, can we be the next Google? Let's make up a word, and it's like that's stupid. You know, you can't do that. And we're trying yeah. to find anything that has a repo and auction in there. There's nothing. If it was available, they wanted ten grand for it. You know, yeah. they're holding it hostage. Yep. And I typed in, uh, I typed in cranky elf, and it came back as available. And I, I, it came up, and I turned to my partner and I said, Hey, cranky elf is available what do you think you know a badass looking elf on a on a and he looked at me and i won't say it but he said bleep no and i said okay <laughs> the second one i typed in was because i was basing it off cranky was cranky uh pig and it came back at the time and this was early 2000s to a minnesota company which was bizarre yeah that was like doing dvd transfers or something i'm like oh crap and then i typed in cranky and it pulled up and i turned to him and i said cranky ape i said a badass looking ape on a on a harley with ape hangers and a tattoo and he's like register right now right now and so that's yeah. how the name came about it was it wasn't planned it wasn't we wanted something that we could obviously market yep yeah um and so the the idea of cranky ape the logo came up because I immediately made a call to another friend of mine who was kind of connected in the graphics world. And yeah. uh, Carlson Travel Network, Carlson Vaginley Travel, used to be the big one, Kurt Carlson. Mm-hmm. who's a huge company in town. Um, there was a gal in their uh, in their graphics department that I called on the slide. and I said, hey, I need an, a cartoon ape, and it's got to have a tattoo that says Born to Bid.'" And so yeah. she came back like a day later with five different versions, and the, the last one is our logo. The only difference was she had – uh Red heart, it said born to bid with a red heart. And I said, Nah, I said, nah, I said Go with the cheesy barbed wire. I said, yeah. that'll, that'll hit our demographic <laughs> a little more. So that's how Cranky Ape came about on the name. There was no rhyme or reason it. to it. It yeah. was an open domain name that we thought we could market. Yeah. But ultimately, what we are, because that was your yeah. question, uh is we are an online auction and we particularly focus on repossessed mm-hmm. vehicles and insurance salvage, which are we call them repairables. Yep. So they're cars, trucks, fans. If you go on our website, it's just it's every type of vehicle you could pretty much imagine. We do commercial-grade lawnmowers and stuff. So you yep. go into our lawn care, I mean, it's, it's these big zero turns and stuff, and we have national contracts with you know major banks, major lenders, major okay. finance companies. Yep. On the insurance side, you'll see rec stuff on there, and it'll say salvage. So yep. what we're trying to do is we're, we're an alternative to going to a dealer. Okay. okay. Where you're going to yeah. go in, especially now when you look at the, what's happening in the economy, okay, with prices cranked up, interest rates cranked up. Yeah. When you when you get to the, the core of what an auction is, the market determines the value. Right. Yep. Okay. So, in essence, you're setting your own price. Yep. Right? If you've yep. got a $4,000 budget and you want to get a car, then you know it's going to have higher mileage. And you go to, to Cranky Ape on a Wednesday and there's, there's 25 or 40 cars on there and you're bidding, you're bidding, but you set your high bid at four. Okay, wait for the next one to come around. Yeah. You're not gonna get talked into, hey, you know, we'll make your payment two hundred dollars. No, you know what your budget is and yeah, see yep. what you can get into. And see what you can get. Yeah. yeah. And I so
2: I like that a lot. It puts more control yeah. of the, and the without consumer
0: physically being there, it's I think it's much better too. You know, and, and the way
1: we do it on, on the website. You, uh, in terms of we do congestion reports and all that, we're required yeah. to and stuff. So we, we do a big a big Let uh, the viewers and
0: listeners know what the website, the URL is for That's, the
1: website. So it's uh www. Dot cranky ape.com. Yep. So cranky ape like mad monkey. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love the name of it. <laughs> so That's I know, cool.
0: I know uh, Julian kind of touched on this, and you know, you were in the repo world. You don't do it anymore. Uh, you guys yourself yeah like you, you do, do run the right, business right. but there has to be some great crazy stories that yeah oh, man. like that yeah to, to you've had to met you don't have to go into super details obviously um you know names this that but like we can tell us fake some names tell, yeah tell us some crazy <laughs> stories in the so, repo world because I have a buddy who also does like towing yeah and stuff yeah. And he has some crazy
1: absolutely so it's one of the craziest ones uh i I say it's crazy I had a uh, a new hire that we were bringing on to do some of the repos and stuff, and he was a younger kid. I mean, he was probably 22, and we had to go down to uh, we had to go down to Nebraska, and we were going after a, a fifth wheel travel trailer, one of those that fits over the back of a truck. And now remember, this guy's brand new, and I'm talking for the four and a half hours about here's what responsibilities are, and here's yeah. what we got to do. And we pulled to this farm field and uh, this farmhouse, and the fifth wheel's right in front of the house, and it's stuck in the mud. So I know you're not just gonna back up to it and hook on. So you gotta go door knock. Right. Yeah. So here's this kid with me. And I hand him all the paperwork and I said, you know, just let me do the talking. He's like, Okay, that's fine. No, no big deal. Knock on the door. This probably three hundred pound guy is in boxer shorts and a wife beater <laughs> with a shotgun. Jeez. <laughs> and he's just he's holding it there and he's like, What do you guys want? And right there I'm like, Okay, this isn't cool. I mean, no, and so I just explained to him like we had done numerous times before that, hey, we're here on behalf of the bank. I got to take your fifth wheel. And and uh, he's getting a little heated. And then he says something about, you know, you know I'll use the shotgun. And I looked at him and I said, you're really going to shoot me over a travel trailer? And he goes, no. I said, then just put it down. And he put it down. I'm like, whew, okay. Yeah, like, there cool. we go. Well, the kid next to me, is, I mean, he's... Dropping, he pissed his pants. He's dropping a load in his shorts yeah, and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so we yeah. talked to the guy and, and uh, I said I need to call the bank and I called the bank and the banks actually a lot of times they want to they want their their loan to just to get caught up mm-hmm. and they'll let them keep it. But in situations like this where they threaten and all that stuff, one phone call and they'll say, No, just take no, it. Yeah. Okay, well I had to go back and tell them because I, I talked to the, the bank and I said, Yeah, this guy had a shotgun, and they're like, Oh, take it. And I'm like, not a problem. So went back up to him, and he starts blaming George Bush and all because it was in the early 2000s and all this stuff. And I just went, okay. The guy ended up pulling it out of his property for us with his tractor and stuff. Now the funny part of the whole story was, the minute we sit in the truck, what does the kid say to me? I quit. It's <laughs> like I'm done. And so yeah, he was he was one and done because he's like I can't do this. But those situations were very rare. There's yeah. we we had one on Lake Minnetonka where we pulled a boat off that. Got a little hairy, but we talked. We talked to the the owners and stuff, and the 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 friend wanted to have a physical confrontation, and we just were like, "It's not worth it for us." And next thing you know, my partner's talking to the debtor. He ends up pulling the
2: boat out and putting it on his trailer. Well, and so th- that's what when it gets physical like that, do you have like? Can you just call the police yes. and have them, or have you had police presence there when, yeah, when it, those type of situations it, arise? No-
1: normally, you can't get them involved in it. Okay. because it's it, it's not there it's a civil matter yeah it's not a criminal matter okay um, but if there's we never the, that was the only firearm that was ever pulled okay. in, in three 400 repos that I did yeah normally normally what you get is a lot of crying yeah and you get a lot of people that are mad but understand it. Yeah, and again, so you don't again, have someone
2: that just jumps on no, the front of the hood no, of the car. And, no,
1: and we we would never put ourselves in that situation. Okay, and okay. and the people that did work for us, our employees that did do that when we used to do the repos, we would tell them just walk because yeah. there's a lot of legalities behind it too. Yeah. There's, yeah. it's called breaching the peace. If mm-hmm. if your is in repo and I come up to repo it and you come out and say get off my property and I don't, I mean there's nuances around it. It's a breach of the peace, and what that'll cost the bank if it's proven in court is you'll get out of your your loan amount, yeah. Uh, you could probably get damages from it. And we've always approached it as it's not worth it. It's not well, worth it, yeah. Because you can't go back to the bank, and they can get, uh, they can get uh, court orders. And then, now if you have a court order, mm-hmm. then you can call the police to come and it. So you can everything. come with the sheriff. You can come with the sheriff, and they'll yep. say, turn it over. And there's some states, some regional states here that you have to get a court order. Do it anyway, but we got out of that. Now we're basically uh, we're a repossession like forwarding company, so we control the whole process. So people, uh, banks assign it to us. We we select our repo company across the country to go get the stuff. Okay. Once that gets done, then it rolls to the cranky upside. and then we get it all ready and then put it on auction for the bank. That's pretty smart. I like that. That's that's
0: amazing. What's the future hold, Jay, for you, the the company? You know what? What is your? You know, you said earlier on you didn't have a business plan, but you had a vision plan. Right. What's next on that vision plan?
1: So I'm, I'm plan. glad you asked. I, I think what's happening now, and in, we're seeing it from com- big competitors. And we had this idea about a year ago, and we're we're trying to roll it out as quick as we can because everybody else is kind of catching on it. Um, we've always wanted a marketplace for vehicles, like what we do. Okay. When I say marketplace, you look at some of our kind of direct slash indirect competitors. You look at, at Craigslist. You look at marketplace uh, where people can go post their own stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. we envision, and this is what we're working on. This is kind of the chatter that's coming through our my industry is having that one spot where you can do it all. So if yeah. you guys want to sell something, mm-hmm. okay, just on your own and set a price, you can come to Cranky Ape and do it. Okay, you'll have your own profile. You can either do a classified. You can do any sorts of things. If you want to run it on auction, you can you can set it up yourself because right now with our contracted vendors, our clients we have to take possession of the stuff
0: it okay. has to be on our lot
1: okay secured on our lot we don't have an option if you guys want to sell something privately you would have to bring it to our lot and we get a lot of consignment volume people sell sell stuff through us all the time we do that Dealers so say- i can
2: so my car through cranky, yeah, games. you could bring it
1: down and, and set a reserve. That way, it doesn't sell. If it doesn't hit what you want, yeah, and, and all, we handle all of it. The title work, we're a licensed dealer in every state that we have a location in, so we handle all that. So, if you look at it compared to like a Craigslist, meaning yeah. somebody in an alley or you know, wherever, no, it's just not safe. It's it's way more secure. Yeah, I mean, we we have all of our uh, our stuff. But where are we going? We want this marketplace where people can come and do all that, where they can have they can go on the cranky ape, they can utilize the buyer base that we have, which is, I mean, we. We, Huge. Get, we get four to four hundred to five hundred thousand unique visitors every mm. month. Okay, so you can put it on there. You just want to run a, an ad and try to sell it outright. You tap into that. Okay, you want to yeah. run it. On auction, you can do that too, and, and you're especially for specialty stuff because yeah. everything seems to be car based. Yeah, out there. I mean, we're we're really the only one that does it to our scale in yeah. the United like States, like ATVs,
2: boats, RVs, yeah. all and that all that stuff. stuff. All that you stuff. can all uh, yeah. okay. okay,
1: but so that's kind of where we're what we're building on right now, and and the other aspect of it is uh, because of where the economy is. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, repos are, are increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. to, to put it in in in. Perspective to what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Back in 07 08 when we saw the first housing crisis and all that stuff, we were the kind of the precursor to that. Okay, mm-hmm. people were giving up their RVs and their ATVs and their motorcycles at an alarming rate, and we could kind of look at it and go, Ooh, "There's something bad coming." Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you had this huge housing crisis because people aren't going to give up. They're, I look at it as the homes way out here; they're not going to give that up. No, they need a place to live. Their Car to get to school and you know take the kids to school yeah. go grocery shopping that's next. The toys are the, the toys, first. they're the first yeah. to go. So, first when, to go yep. so when we start Always. seeing that, and we're seeing that now, I mean, we're seeing yep. huge influx of late model, uh, especially RVs and stuff. You're looking, you know, 21 22s that are coming back already on repo. Oh, wow, it's
0: I might have to contact you for an RV. I've always yeah. pictured myself like driving <laughs> through the countryside in <laughs> RV. Rent one first, and then you'll see if you like it. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, don't no. just buy an RV. But that's that's kind of that's kind but of what I thought at. about. it. I was like, do I really want to be on the road with my family, like all in like one? Like, oh my god!
1: I did that growing up, and I do not, and will never own an no. RV. Yeah, if, uh, I do want an A- I want like, an eighteen. Listen, I
0: love you guys. Yeah, please. exactly. You're in this <laughs> little box driving yeah, yeah. across country. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So we know you have a big family, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. We mentioned that yeah. early on, and I, and I'm a, I love big families, right? I think like there's nothing more uh, thing to me like at the dinner table or this like the ruckus. Like I love having a bunch of kids and this, even though it is a, it is a ruckus, but <laughs> yeah. it makes me feel good, right? Right. It kind of reminds me of like the house filled on Thanksgiving or Christmas or yeah. this mm-hmm. or whatever holiday. Yeah. So, um, from a basketball star to a famous a uh, gamer on TikTok, oh, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So t- tell us about that. You know, um, who's your favorite, right? Of course. <laughs> 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 well, we'll send this to all of them. Great. Uh, uh, and w- what is like growing up from um, boys to having a house full of like uh, ladies? Uh, did it take some adjusting? Um, and what's your, <laughs> you know, one tip, how do you raise your boys, right? How, what your family and what that all means to you. Okay. I'll, There's a bunch of questions yeah, in there, but yeah, no, it, it it's, all it's, kind it's, of rotates around family. It's
1: great. So, yep. so uh, I have a blended family. Yeah. Um, uh, I got divorced back in like 2011. Mm-hmm. So I have three boys: 27, 25, 23. Um, I I became a bonus dad to three bonus daughters. Yep. Who are now 21, 18, and 15. Okay. Um. So, what was it like? So raising boys. I think is a lot easier than raising girls. Agreed. Uh, but that's all yeah. I had to reference. Yeah, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the I'll, – I'll give you an example. Um, when I first really got to to know my bonus daughters before uh, my wife and I were married, we were traveling in the car, and my oldest bonus daughter, you're saying, she's a basketball star. She's playing Division one basketball at Valparaiso nice. uh, University. And then the middle one just signed with uh, Minnesota Duluth for next year. So yeah, she's a scholarship up nice. there. Um, but she's very, very strong-willed. She is like one of the toughest, like mentally tough mm-hmm. girls. Uh, she was, she was saying something in the car, and I remember I was driving, and uh, it was kind of disrespectful. I mean, at the time, she's probably only twelve or thirteen, and uh, yeah. she's saying something disrespectful to my now wife, and uh, I just made a comment. I, I sh- kind of shook my head and I said, "Man, I said if my boys would say something like that." I'd, I'd slap the taste out of their mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and oh my god! Oh, he's he's gonna beat me up, and he's gonna. Oh my god! No, I'm like, I'm no, like, I'm no, like no, 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 you know. But yeah. it was just one of those things that it was like, yep, I can't I can't talk like that to the girls, and I yeah. don't. But it was just trying to say, you know, be yeah. respectful. But oh, he's threatening to, to hit me. I'm like, no, no, I really wasn't. But that I think the emotional side of things is the t- was the toughest yes. part. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just it, it's it's a sliding scale with yeah. with mm-hmm. girls. It just is, and it's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. It's just the, it's just the, a different thing. It's the way they're wired. Yeah, the, and yeah,
0: yeah. I did a soccer coaching for boys and then for girls, and yeah. it is a it is a big difference it, to kind of get used to it because, like you said, you can push the boys a little bit oh, more. Oh, you upbeat. for sure. Yeah. You for sure push the boys. Like, See, yeah. I, co- I coach boys basketball, <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, traveling ball, 7th and 8th graders. Okay. So I can talk to them a little bit because I'm getting prepared for high school. Right. Talk to them a little bit tougher, like, hey, this sure. isn't mommy and daddy talking to you. For and sure. Parents love that you know a lot secretly a lot of they do. do secretly, secretly they, they, they the would, ones yeah. that did love it came out and said like yeah please yeah. be hard on my boy yeah. you know but i don't think that i would get that with dealing with with girls no you know i, I was please like, no, be hard they, on my girl no because then they <laughs> complain
0: and then yeah. it just gets back to you right. and it's like yeah. right. so that's why it's like a, and i don't know but it, i think it,
1: it I, I really think that the the difference between the two is just the approach yeah i mean it is you and can make your same point with the, you know not bringing emotion into it and stuff and but, uh, but, yeah, it's uh, the, the coaching aspect. I got coached, uh, asked to coach girls hockey a number of years ago. Uh, nice. Yeah. And I didn't do it. I said I couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, I was, I, coaching,
1: I was coaching high school kids uh, that okay. didn't play high school. Yeah. So I, I coached high school in the early 90s uh, in Woodbury, and then uh, I went back to the youth program and stuff and then yeah. coached my kids. And then for the last eight years, I co- I was coaching out in Stillwater. I actually just retired. I said, this is it, because I got two bonus daughters playing college yeah. basketball. It's like, I just, yeah, it's I just can't too much. anymore. No, the yeah. high
0: school girls, like, some of them are just not competitive. Some of them are, but, like, if the majority of them aren't, it infests, and then they're not competitive, where it's, like, me, like, I'm competitive. Like, <laughs> I'm, right? like, I don't care yeah. what I'm doing. I have to. Like, and it, it depends depends my sti- on the on program. But I think
1: yeah. my style, too. I mean, and you're saying you're getting prepared for high school. Mm-hmm. I... Just my approach to especially hockey is old school. Yeah, it's like maybe there's some some four letter words that come out of my mouth once in a while in practice yeah. and just oh, the, yeah. the, the harshness and you know get your ass in there. And I cuss all, all the time in practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I I I didn't feel that I could I could coach the way I wanted to coach. In coaching the girls, and I'm not no. saying they're weaker. I'm not saying yeah. any of that yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm
0: yep, just yep. saying the way I agree my with that. style. Yes, just, I, I the old school approach. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Where, that's what I grew up learning. The old school. No, approach. I had to. Yeah, I had to take my whole style, and I had to kind of because I remember the first time thing, and then, you know, we were losing two zero at halftime. <laughs> And I'm like talking to the head coach. I was the assistant coach. So I'm talking to the head coach. I'm like, hey, uh, his name is Pat. And I'm like, Pat, this is what we gotta do. This is what we gotta switch up. We gotta tell her this, that, blah, blah. yeah. All yeah. this stuff. And he's like the whole time, he's like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Not and, it's and, not gonna happen. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, I understand yeah, yeah, what yeah, you're no, saying. Exactly. Yeah. Cause he knew I was new yeah. too. And he's yeah. like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then so like <laughs> we get out in a halftime and he goes up to the girls, he's like, so what you guys think about that half? <laughs> how do you guys all feel? Yeah. Like what? Like, Dude, I was like, come on, don't man. ask them. I was like, I was like, don't you tell he, them. Exactly, how it exactly. I was, was on, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I was like, how they feel? You better ream into I was like, how why, they feel? I was like, and yeah.
1: that's that's why I could never. I, and that's I could yeah, exactly. And, but now yeah.
0: now that I have kids and yeah. this and that, I can kind of see because with my son, I am. I'm like. Oh, ah, yeah. do it, shoot, this, that, or whatever yeah. the case, whatever and, and, sport he's playing. You like, keep doing that. Yeah, I keep doing that. I'm telling yeah. you, I mean, I, uh,
1: I'm old enough where, like, when my kids started playing at, mm-hmm. you know, 27 and stuff, that was kind of the age of... Snacks and crap started taking over yeah. that that was the more important thing. and I've never, yes, how I raised my kids, I would never let my kids like participate in that. I'd be like, I'm not getting on a snack list. I'm like, if you need yeah. something to drink after, it's not a juice box here. You're, yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll see what we yeah. get or have some right. water. You're here to play sport, not to yeah. get a snack. Right. Yeah, and so yeah, it may sound harsh, and you know, I don't know if the my son. But it's like,
0: yeah, I like it because my son, he's kind of taken af- after me. Obviously, his mom gives him the little like love because he got hit with a soccer ball. What's <laughs> <It was> <laughs> right in the face, like that kid whacked. Off. I'm not gonna lie, it was hard. Like he got hit, yeah, and he kind of was like crying a little. I didn't run out there and think his mom. Baby, Yeah, his mom ran Baby out, I, yeah, mom ran out yeah, there yeah. in the field, and yeah. I was like sat there, and then he came out. I was like, well, yeah. part of the sport. That's right. it's a contact yeah. sport. And, and <laughs> I like because he was also like. Wiped himself down, down. felt head then water. get me back. I'll see. But what a great lesson. Yeah, yeah it's no, a good no, lesson. And,
1: and what I'm saying is to to equate that to like what we're going through as business owners. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the adversity getting, that yep. you hit, and yep. what you're telling your kid right there is you need to persevere. Yep. Yes. Yes. You can you can shed a tear, you know, and all this stuff. Yeah. But ultimately, you got to move on. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think what we're seeing a little bit is is that that thought process is, is, has left bit. and it. I'm yes. hoping it comes back
2: yeah yeah but, but that's why I think sports are so important Agreed. for kids yeah. because Agreed. it's not the actual sport it's the lessons right. that are being taught mm. in the sport right. you know now if you're you, you make an A team in varsity and you you know you're able yeah. to go on and make yeah. money from it or it pays for college that's great right. that's wonderful and that's a very small percent Yeah, that's a 1% very small. that's 1% yeah. and, and I you think know? we're seeing that
1: on the flip side is there's a lot of parents out there that have these grandiose visions of their kids yeah. It's going to go pro. Yeah. And it's like, you're nuts. Your, yeah. your kid's not Give them the lessons, the life lessons that you need yes. to, to, to persevere. Down life the road, lessons. Whether yeah. it's in your personal life or whatever. I
2: still yeah. you have the life lessons from my basketball coaches. Bro, right. Yeah. Science. Like, it's ingrained in You, me, you know, because it's yeah. from playing it and that, how the structure is. And it's like, are you going to yeah. cry about something? Or are you going to do something about exactly. it? Like, a solutions yeah. based, Like, so, yep. like, those things are so important. And, you know, some people have a father figure in your life. And then some people don't, right. you know. Also, like and I l- think, like a lot of
1: times, coaches actually are more important than some of the yes, singers they have. Yeah, they yeah. step It's in. an important thing.
0: Yeah, it yeah. Is. There's all it's I important. could go. Oh, yeah, all my coaches from baseball and everything like that, and a lot of lessons that I've used till today. Yeah. You know, and it's mm-hmm. important. And then it's also important in regards to the team structure, right? Yes, like for sure. When you work. On a team and stuff, you get to know your role For sure. and stuff like that. You get to yeah. know comfortable okay, responsibilities. Yeah. Yes. This is what yeah. I need to do to help the team. And to sometimes win. it may right. be a, a sucky part right. of whatever you need to do right sometimes I needed to take the bunt the or get work. hit by the right. the ball right. to get my team yeah. across the finish line yeah, you yeah. Sacrifice. but you sacrifice exactly nice. you sacrifice because yeah. the collective and the team is important especially in this this society where it's a lot of rugged individualism for sure mm-hmm. that's why people tend to love sports and yep. tend to love one yeah. play it and then watch it and all that yep. uh, okay um Last kind of question we want to ask, you know, uh, this is a question that Julian always loves to ask. Um, (laughs) What would you tell your younger self, right? If you could go in in a cranky ape time machine, right? Uh, Check the website for that one. (laughs) Uh, If you could go in that time machine and you can go back to the LJ, what would you tell them? You know, just at that point of time when you know your dad's telling you, "Hey, I think this yeah. and this," what would you go back to say? I think
1: I, uh, I think I would tell myself number one to 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 follow what I wanted to follow, especially mm-hmm. as a, a high schooler coming out, going into college. Mm-hmm. Uh, to comment on my dad and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, not disrespectful, but just saying, you know what, having the uh, the guts to say I. I don't want to go into business. No, I'm glad I did. Obviously I learned a lot and all that. And ultimately was he right? Maybe, maybe Yeah. do you want to admit it? But you know, but was I following my true dream or my true path that I thought, I think on a, on a broader scale um, after, after getting the business degree and stuff, I think I would tell myself in my twenties to go try more things, especially (laughs) in business. Yeah. Um, I think, the twenties are for the experimentation to, to see what you really like and don't like. And maybe that would have been not, a bit more risks. Yeah, More risks because I didn't, you know, I, I, I got married at an early age, but still there was, there was plenty of years there where I could have tried different industries, different things. But I, I really got into a paycheck mentality in my twenties where I was making good money and it's like, Oh yeah, just give me the paycheck. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell my twenties in my, my thirties, uh, I I really would focus in on on what I determined was my I'll say passion. I hate that word because people misinterpret it because not all, like I said, not all passions can create a livelihood for you to support your family. Yeah. You just can't. But I really focus on building something around whatever I really enjoyed in my thirties, work my ass off as much as I could. And I started my company in the early thirties, but I kind of wasted 10 years. You know what I mean? Like you said, uh, you know, what would I tell myself? Don't waste those 10 years, try different things. Maybe I would have found cranky Ape back when I was, you know, 24, Mm
0: -hmm. you know what I'm
1: saying? And then, Now where would we be, you know? You just never know.
0: know? Yeah, of course, you never know.
1: But then in my 40s, really focus on, you know, making the money and stuff in the 50s. And so it wouldn't be that much of a a change as to what I'm doing. But I think in not wasting, like, my 20s, really really having an open mind going, I don't have that much responsibility. I didn't have a mortgage early on in my early 20s. I didn't have kids. Uh, You know, what was really tying me down, you know, maybe move, go somewhere else, see what I could do. I didn't do it. I, would, I I took kind of the secure path,
2: safe route. Yeah, yeah. That, safe route.
1: And yeah. then if you look historically, though, at, at you know, like the my parents' generation, that's the route they took. That's yeah. They yeah. would they would stay with the company for you know forty five years, get their gold watch, and retire on a pension. Yeah. And it's now there's so many opportunities here. And even back when when we started cranky, I mean, you look at the nineties and stuff. Things had kind of changed, but I was still in that that mode of safety, and that mindset, of safety. paycheck mentality. Do yeah. I regret it? No. I mean, I'm in a great place. I got, you know, I got a big family, you know, three yeah. bonus daughters, three sons. You know, they're making me proud. My my one, the gamer, Hydra Cam. Yeah, he's, yeah. uh, I mean, he's tearing it up. My middle son's a, you know, it's a cleaning company and stuff. So it's like, oh, man, it's.
0: Yeah, it's proud. You, yeah. Your priorities yeah. change too. You know? Like you said, you have seven kids, right? You yeah. obviously grew them all up and they're yeah. all now doing yeah. Yeah. other things that make you proud. And get the business. Yeah, And right. you have the business, yeah. Yep. Well, that was the seventh kid, right? That yep, is, yep. As a, is a yeah. child, you grow up and you feed and everything, right. and, and then it, it does wonderful things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jay, thank you so much for coming in today. We appreciate yeah, all your time. Love uh, to have you back. We yeah, For back. sure, man. You okay. just, just
1: make the call. Yes, okay. we will make sure. the
0: call. We want to give you a chance to let everyone know about where to find your business. So go ahead, look into your camera and let the people know where to go find you. Uh, you know, any social media. Obviously, you said the website, but if you want to say it again, yep, if just, there's any uh, pertinent information, any Special dates they need to know, or
1: so uh, our auctions run every Wednesday, there. Uh, and you, they start uh, they start closing around eleven o'clock Central Time. If you go to www.crankyape.com, you can check out all the categories. It's everything from cars, trucks, vans, boats, motorcycles, ATVs. We have a miscellaneous category. So you can find car stereos and stuff and okay. all this miscellaneous stuff. It's probably our most popular category. Even rims?
2: Though- <laughs> you got rims in there?
1: Uh, I don't know if we've ever had one. That might be okay. something to look into. All right. No, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just that website. Go there. and uh, mm. uh, we, The auctions, like I said, are, are once a week. Okay. Uh, they close. Uh, the last one will close around 3 o'clock Central Time, and mm. then immediately next, the next week's auctions will post. So okay. you can see what's coming on and all that. Uh, you register as a member. Uh, it's it's 50 bucks for a year to bid, but that mm-hmm. way we, we can authenticate if you have a valid credit card to secure the bid and all this stuff. But it's uh, open to anyone. You can browse on the site. You don't have to be a member. Mm-hmm. You just go check it out. Normally people go there, and then if they see something they want to buy, then they'll register as a member. You create a screen name and a password. Everything else, it, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, okay. it's you, you bid. Uh, the one thing we did introduce, I, I told you about the eBay model where that closes right at noon. We mm-hmm. were like one of the first auctions that we have a five minute extension. Mm-hmm. So if a bid comes in with five minutes remaining, the, the, auction will stay open for five Mm -hmm. and if another one comes in it'll go five and we'll go at five minute intervals until there's no bidding so it's more like a real auction format yeah Yeah. so other than that no man I really appreciate you
2: having me on man it was a lot of fun for sure for sure this was an insightful I'm glad we we
0: met expectation (laughs) at the beginning there (laughs) (laughs) Uh, guys make sure to go check out Cranky Ape on their website if you guys looking for anything like that Um, thank you everyone for watching listening make sure to subscribe to the channel hit the like button if you enjoyed the content uh, and comment what you took away from this podcast. You know, there was a lot of great entrepreneurial talk, even though we talked about the word entrepreneurship and, you know, some of the stigma, whatever the yeah. case may yeah. be around it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, don't look at it that way, you know, uh, in sales and how it can encompass in all of life. Right. Yeah. Um, again, thank you all so much for watching and listening. We'll catch you next week on episode 23. Perfect number for the perfect person named Michael Jordan, <laughs> who is the owner of a rising Minnesota brand called Unreal. So, uh, number 23, Michael Jordan, will be here with our Unreal gear.
1: Let, watching let him. him know he's following me, though. Okay? He's, fo- yeah, yeah, he's, he's following, following Jay. He's,
0: he's behind the cranky age. So. <laughs> yeah, he's behind <fine>, cranky. <laughs> yep. Okay, All you guys. Right. Thank See you. Ya.
2: Bye.